Let me pray for us. Let me pray for us first. And then there's actually not one text that we're going to focus on and look at a few uh, different verses. So let me pray for us and then we'll, we'll start talking about it. Uh, Father, we thank you for your grace and your love for us, your mercy in our lives that does not cease, that never ends because of your faithful covenant promise in Jesus Christ. Um, you did not leave us or forsake us. You are with us. As for your, your loving, fatherly, shepherding presence uh, with us now, wherever we are, that you would speak to us, you would lead us and nurture our hearts to a deeper relationship with you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so um, title of the sermon is called The Caring Community. The Caring Community. And uh, I thought this would be a good topic to talk about at this point because um, obviously our life groups started now. It's, uh, we're on pause for a little bit. We resumed again. And um, hopefully it can be a place, your life group, where we can foster community where we can encourage one another and uh, really be there for one another to um, help each other, even under these, these circumstances, right? Where there's separation and things like that. Um, in the past, I've heard people talk about how they've been blessed through the, the community, the community aspect of our church here at CLC, and uh, how, they, how they've been impacted by like something that someone did for them, you know, and I, I heard stories like that at different places, like, you know, Thanksgiving dinner when people share testimonies, um, they might share things like that, or in many of the one-on-one -on -one conversations that I had with people in the past, like, it seems like that's something that people would have even identified as a strength at CLC, the community and caring for one another. Obviously these days there, there are a lot less opportunities to express care as a community. We're mostly isolated in our own homes and pretty much confined to the few people that we kind of associate with. You might go to life group and you know do that once a week, but you know, very few people that we maybe normally associate with. So there are definitely a lot less interactions going on and therefore just less community taking place even in uh, our church, as I'm sure um, in many local churches. So um, even though things are like that, while there are less interactions, less reaching out taking place, but at the same time, people still need others to reach out to them, right? The, the normal burdens and the problems that we deal with don't um, not exist right now. Like they, they haven't gone away with the new circumstances. People still need others to reach out to them. And maybe you might even say right now is a time where people feel a need for community the most. There's a deeper sense of a desire for community. So how do we reconcile this? The present circumstances that we're living with, with the existing need 
that we have for community. So we want to think about this. And uh, we want to talk about it with the prayer that uh, the Holy Spirit would work in our hearts to give us the desire and insight on how to go about caring for those around us. And we definitely need the, the heart and the, you know, the conviction that comes from the Holy Spirit. And at the same time, insight, because again, normal, the normal things that we would have done, a lot of things we can't do. So, so what can I do to care for the people around me? Uh, this, kind of the general framework of what I want to talk about, uh, Luke 6, 36, Jesus says, Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. So I just kind of want to uh, pattern the outline like that. Because this verse is saying, As we receive love, grace, mercy from God, we share that with others. Right? Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. The assumption is that we've received mercy. We've experienced something from God. And as you know that your Father has been like that to you, now share that with others. How God is to us, we're to show God to others by being the same way to others. So how is God to us? What do we receive from God? What do we experience from our Father? How has he shown us mercy? So I want to talk about that and then apply that to our lives, to our community. First, our caring God is with us. See the pattern there? The title is a caring community. So first, our caring God is with us. Matthew one twenty three. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. The very name, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. The story of redemption in the Bible generally, you know, pretty much goes like this. God created humanity to exist in a loving relationship with him, but human beings disobeyed God and brought on ourselves toil, hardship, ultimately reaping the consequence of eternity separated from God. But God, in his mercy, continued to call his rebellious people to himself, sending servants, prophets, to call his people to repentance, to of no avail. The rebellion continued. There'd be no other outcome as a consequence but eternal death. So in the final stage of the redemption story, God sent his son the true representation of the Father, as we saw last week. God came to be with us, to live among us, to experience what we experience, to live for us, and to die in place of us. So an integral part of the story of redemption is that our God has come to be with us. And John talks about that, right, in his gospel. Behold, this is the true representation of who God is. When we look at Jesus Christ, we see God because God has come in the flesh to be with us. Emmanuel, God with us. The presence of God with us is not only a necessity for salvation, 
but an assurance and comfort to God's people as we experience the challenges in this fallen world. We see the assurance of God's presence given to his people throughout the Bible. We see this over and over again. For example, Joseph, sold into slavery, living in that, in that, you know, that, in that condition of slavery in a foreign land. Genesis 39, verse 12, what does God say to him? But I will be with you, promises his presence. And then after that, Joseph goes from bad to worse, is wrongly put into prison. Later in Genesis 30, 39, verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. The circumstances are terrible, but I will be with you. The Lord was with Joseph. Moses called to you know, do this monumental task for God to, to bring his people out of Egypt. He says, God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Exodus 3, 12, he said, but I will be with you. His promised presence. Moses dies. Joshua now has the monumental task of following Moses to, to continue to lead God's people. What probably felt like an impossible task to him, Joshua 1.9, the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's a promised presence. David is victorious in all his battles. 1 Samuel 18.14, David has success in all his undertakings. Why? For the Lord was with him. Jeremiah, called by God to, to go and deliver God's word. God, I don't know how to speak, he says to the Lord. Jeremiah 1.8, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. And this also was the very promise that the ascending Lord gave to his disciples as he gave them the call to go and make disciples. Matthew 28, verse 20, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And that's the last recorded word in Matthew's gospel from Jesus to his disciples. The assurance that I am with you. The disciples of Jesus Christ will go through all kinds of challenges as they seek to display the gospel message in the world. They will suffer many sufferings. And knowing this before Jesus departs, he says, I will actually never depart from you. You may not see me as you've seen me, but I will always see you. You will never leave my sight. No matter what you go through, as you try to represent me in this world, know that I will be with you. And this is what we see throughout the Bible when God calls his servants to follow him, to live for him, to represent him. He doesn't promise an easy path in life. He gives them a task and doesn't supply them with like superpowers to go along with that task. Instead, God gives them his presence, the promise of his presence. I will be with you. And that's the thing. God is with us. This is the assurance that we've been given. No matter where we are, no matter what we're going through, God is with us. Everywhere there is a where, God is there with us. There is no where that God is not with us. He was with us in the worst moment of our lives, he will always be with us till the final moment of our lives. 
And this means that God is with you today. He is with you right now, in this very moment, no matter what you're experiencing, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what burdens you're carrying. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Our caring God is with us. Secondly, our caring God suffered for us. Our caring God suffered for us. So not only is God Emmanuel, they come to be with human beings, to walk among us, but he ultimately came to be with us so that he can suffer for us. Philippians 2.8, and being found in human form, he came to be with us, being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So when God said, I am with you, they obviously were not empty words, right? He didn't say, I am with you, and they're not just empty words spoken to make us feel better about our lives or something like that. He's not just saying that so that we would feel comforted. God's presence with us wasn't just intended to be like a, a temporary emotional lift. Like we might say something like that, oh, you know, like try to encourage someone. He's not just trying to like lessen the stress that we feel. No, God came to be with those who were under the bondage of sin, who had no way to escape the bondage of sin. So that means when God came to be with us, he was willing to pay the ultimate price to be with us. Jesus suffered and died for us. 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. So think about that. He came to be with us so that through what he does, he might bring us to God so that he can be with us. How great is the love of God? How extraordinary is the nature of God's love? How deeply does God care for us? That's what the gospel makes clear. Jesus paid the ultimate price to bring us to God. Uh, in this book, uh, book called Compassion by three authors, Nolan, McNeil, Morrison, says this, we certainly appreciate people who, who try to understand us. We are even grateful for those who want to feel with us. But we become suspicious when someone chooses to undergo the pain that we would avoid at all costs. We understand conditional solidarity, but we do not understand solidarity that has no limits. And obviously it's talking about Jesus Christ, what he was willing to do for solidarity with us. And that's so true, isn't it? Like when someone's extra nice to us, we get a little suspicious, right? Because we feel like maybe they have some sort of ulterior motive. Like, why are you being so nice to me? What do you want from me? Because sinners don't love like this. But you see, God's desire to be with us had no limits. And that's what's demonstrated on the cross as Jesus gave himself on our behalf to the point of death. In other words, this is the kind of love that sinners cannot understand. This is a love 
that can only come from God. God not only came to be with us, but he showed us how much he wanted to actually be with us through the sacrifice that he, he made for us on the cross. Our caring God is with us. Our caring God suffered for us. Thirdly, lastly, the caring heart. The caring heart. So again, the verse that we talked about, Luke 6, 36, be merciful even as your Father is merciful. So again, this verse is saying that, that what we see in God, what, we re, what we've received from God, what we've experienced in God, we want to show others. So how God is to us, we show God. We show God to others by being the same way to, to them. Okay. So, so what can we do? How can, I, how can I demonstrate this caring God to the community around me? Uh, first, be with those who are suffering. Be with those who are suffering. As God came to be with us, we can be with others. We can think of it in this way. Um, when we're having a hard time, think about that. Think about a situation that you might be going through or, or you went through when we're having a hard time. Like, what do we really want in that situation? We don't want someone to come to us and start teaching us things, right? We're not looking for instruction on, on the wrong that we should stop doing or the right things that we should start doing. When we're having a hard time, I mean, like getting some advice might be good, but again, advice isn't what we want the most, right? What we really want in moments of pain are people who will be with us. People who come alongside of us and say, I don't know what you should do. I don't even know what to say to you, but I am with you. I just want you to know that I'm with you. I want you to know that you're not alone. That's what we want because people like that give us hope because they remind us that God is with us. I learned this from, from people around me who are good at things like this. You know, for example, I noticed that Pastor, Pastor Aiden sometimes says to people, and I've heard him say this to people, he says something like, hey, I'm, I'm cheering for you. I'm cheering for you. They might share something difficult that they're going through, you know, and he says, I'm, I, I'm cheering for you. First time he said that, that to me, I was like, oh, okay. That's nice to know. You're cheering for me. But really inside I was thinking, what good does that do? Okay, so you're cheering for me. Uh, it's not like you're actually running the race for me. Like I'm still suffering. I'm the one that feels like I can't go on. You're cheering for me. But strangely, when you really feel like you can't go on, knowing that someone's there alongside you cheering for you, it strangely gives you strength. Supernatural strength. Strength from God. Again, that book, Compassion, says this. We have been led to believe that presence must be useful. 
We have forgotten that it is often in useless, unpretentious, humble presence to each other that we feel consolation and comfort. Let me say that again. We have been led to believe, this is just generally how we think, we've, we've been led to believe that presence must be useful. We have forgotten that it is often in useless, unpretentious, humble presence to each other that we feel consolation and comfort. And if you've ever experienced this, you know how true this is. A friend comes along and says, I know you're in pain, but I want you to know that I'm with you. They didn't actually do anything for us, but those simple, useless words fuel strength in our hearts. You see, when people feel tired, discouraged, it's not just because things are hard, but on top of things being hard, it's because they feel isolated, because they feel alone, because they feel unsupported. But with the right support around us, we feel like we can do anything. We feel like we can go on because, ultimately because, those friends remind me that, that God is with me. I think this is especially important to remember right now when um, it's so easy, right, to make excuses right now to stop caring for other people. I mean, there's a pandemic. Can't even see them. What can I really do for them? Again, like everything that I'm going to do for them would be useless. But instead of trying to be useful, maybe we can start by just trying to care for for one another. An email here, a text message there, I'm with you, I'm cheering for you. And see how God uses that to, to show our suffering friends that he is with them. Be with those who are suffering. And secondly, just going along the, the outline, um, carry each other's burdens. Carry each other's burdens. Galatians 6.2 Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We need to remember that caring for one another, caring for people, it's not easy. Caring for people is actually hard. Being with others is costly. There's a price we pay in carrying someone else's burdens with them. It's hard because Carrying their burdens is hard because that means their burdens become your burden. It means you feel a part of the pain they feel. So choosing to care means, at the very least, that there's an emotional um, weight that's on your own heart. At the very least, and, and, and also it will entail the giving of much time and other resources to carry that burden together with that other person. That's why many people don't want to do it because it's costly, it's hard. But I think this is the secret to God's covenant community. In God's covenant community, we do not have some people who, who are the sinner figures and other people who are the Christ figures. We don't have those who, 
who have burdens and those who carry other people's burdens. In the church, we are all sinner figures because we're all sinners in need of mercy. And at the same time, we are all Christ figures called to represent Christ to others. We are all people who have burdens and also people who are called to carry other people's burdens. We're both all the time. We're all called to help each other by carrying one another's burdens. And as we do that, everyone's burdens become lighter. That's the secret to God's covenant community. It's counterintuitive, but that's how it works. When we try to carry our own burdens and only my burdens, it actually becomes heavier, right? You know what I'm talking about? I have enough problems of my own. I can't worry about other people right now. I got to worry about me. When we think like that, the pressures that we deal with somehow become, they, they grow. It becomes heavier and heavier. But when the community comes together and cares for one another, everyone's burdens becomes lighter. So be with those who are suffering and carry one another's burdens. So what can I do now? What can I do now to care for the people in my life group? What can I do to share in the burdens that people are carrying right now? We need to ask ourselves those questions and, and ask the Holy Spirit to give us insight to become the covenant community that God wants us to be. Now I was thinking, um, we'll just finish with this. I was thinking that, you know, because our winter retreat is coming up, um, I thought about something that we do there, usually at our winter retreat that we normally, we do, but we won't be able to do this year. And that is on Saturday night, singing Jesus Loves Me and going around hugging each other. And every time we do it, um, you know, I say, let's all stand together and sing the song or the band's going to sing it. And then, you know, we're going to go around sanctuary and give everyone all as much as you can. Like, everyone to give each other a hug. Every time we do it, every time I say that, people's response is the same. Um, everyone starts out laughing. Because, you know, people are thinking, oh, wow, this is awkward. And I have to cover up my awkwardness by laughing. I don't really want to do this, but okay, fine, I'll do it. Because the pastor asked us to do it and, and everyone else is going to do it. I can't just be a grouch and sit here by myself. Some people actually roll their eyes. Okay, fine, I'll do it. Okay. But everyone starts out laughing, those awkward laughs. But strangely, toward the end, many people end up with tears in their eyes. Why is that? Maybe because the thing that I was initially reluctant to admit that I needed was the very thing I needed the most deep in my heart. Oh, this is stupid. Why are we doing this? Oh, I'm just, you know, like, I'm not sentimental. I don't do things like this. 
But that's the very thing, perhaps, that we needed deep in our hearts. The love of God expressed through the covenant community, the body of Christ. Jesus loves you. I love you. You are not alone. I am with you. And that's why many people at the end, they're kind of still laughing while they're crying. Uh, you know, like still it's like awkward. I don't want to admit that I'm, I'm, I'm a weak sinner in need of grace, but this feels real good. You see, even though we're separated and there's a lot less hugging going on right now in the community, that's the very thing that many people are longing for deep in their hearts right now. But, uh, but we don't actually have to be together in one place to care for one another. God is with us. God suffered for us. And we can show and demonstrate the love of God to the others around us as we choose to be with them in their sufferings and to carry one another's burdens. Let's pray together. Again, as we pray, I just want to ask that you pray and ask the Holy Spirit to, to give you insight in the ways that you can apply some of these thoughts and principles and verses into your life and into your life group. And, you know, it's just um, the burdens are many. The burdens that people are feeling under isolation, feeling alone, feeling like I can't. The burdens are many. And maybe again, the excuses are many under the circumstances right now. But again, let's be aware that as hard as things are, as hard as uh, the circumstances are, what makes things even harder is feeling like I have to do it by myself. I'm in this by myself. Um, let's be the covenant community that receives the love of God who is with us and he will not forsake us. And in that same love, let's care for one another. Let's pray for a moment before we close with the song. Uh, we'll close in prayer before we do. I just want to ask you to pray for one person that comes to mind. And again, as we do that, maybe it's the Holy Spirit that's laying that person's name and face in our hearts. Someone maybe that you haven't seen in a while, someone you haven't really connected with. You pray for them, and then um, maybe throughout this week you can reach out, send them a text, or you know, reach out. Hope you're doing okay. Thinking about you, praying for you. Just take a moment to pray. And pray that even though I'll come to retreat and be blessed and meet with God, experience His mercy personally. Just pray for that, and then I'll close this prayer benediction. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your, the wisdom that is given to us through your word, how you do not leave us alone, but that you are with us and how we can visibly experience that through the community around us, the local church. Help us to continue to be that right now, even in these circumstances. Uh, pray that you would lay the 
that kind of conviction and burden in our hearts to reach out and care for the brothers and sisters around us. I pray that you would also give us uh, the humility to even receive that kind of ministry from others. And as we do that mutually, may the community grow stronger. May our burdens mutually become lighter and help us to be able to see Christ uh, more clearly. He's manifested um, in the one another of our church. And as we grow together like that, help us to be able to show Christ to others uh, outside that are in need of the love of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your constant, ever faithful presence in our lives. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, this unconditional covenant love, the love of the Father God, the fellowship and the strength, the power of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen.